I'm really glad you found me because if you came here to figure out how much home you can afford, you're already down bad. There's no formula for that. Now what you're actually looking for is to figure out how much home you can qualify for. And that's based on a bunch of different factors such as the current interest rate in the market, um, your income, your debts, which literally matter twice as much as your income. Also like where you live because property taxes are a huge factor in what you can afford as well. But back to affordability, if you're totally clueless and have no idea where to start, just take your rent, take a spreadsheet and put your income on there and every single debt you have, your rent, your car bill, your weekend spending, your cable bill, etc., and look at what's left at the end of the month. So if you spend $2,000 a month on rent, and at the end of the month you have a positive number left over, you probably can afford a $2,000 a month mortgage, and depending how much is left over, maybe a little bit more. If you have nothing left over at the end of the month, if you have a $2,000 a month mortgage, you're probably gonna be house poor because you can qualify for it, but you can't necessarily afford that number. And finally, if you have a negative number, when it's all said and done, you definitely cannot afford a $2,000 a month mortgage payment. In today's episode, we're gonna analyze what a client of mine named Shay can qualify for. She's single, so one income. She's a project manager here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. She has a bonus. We're gonna talk about how to calculate that. She has about $20,000 saved up and she has a credit score in the low 700s. You're obviously not Shay, but insert your personal information along in this episode to figure out what you can qualify for. If this is your first time hearing the sound of my voice, my name is David. I have a background in mortgage underwriting, a background as a mortgage lender, and as a realtor. So yes, that is the entire home buying process. I've also purchased multiple homes myself, but most importantly, I've helped hundreds of people just like you buy their first home in real life. I don't just talk about it on the internet. Let's go get those keys. <laughs> Welcome back to House Rich, the first time home buyer show where we provide you actionable steps in layman terms to buy your first home. Let's get all up in Shay's business and figure out what she can qualify for. When a lender is looking at your credit profile, they look at three major things. They look at your credit, they look at your income in relation to your debts, known as your DTI, and they look at your funds available for the down payment. Let's get into her credit score first. She mentions she had a 717 credit score. Looking at the app on her, um, the 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 credit score on her banking app. I think by now most folks know that the score you see in your banking app is not the score that your lender uses. It's a Vantage Three score. Your lender uses a FICO score model, which is your FICO two, four, and five. However, your the number you see on the app is not all bad. It's probably like 40 to 60 points, a little bit too high. And here's how to figure out where it may be if you don't want to get your credit pulled. But don't be scared to get your credit pulled because it's literally only like a four to six point hits. The uh, credit repair boys make inquiries out to be a lot more than they should be because they're easy to be removed and it looks like they're doing something. And so you pay these people like 149 a month to do something you could easily do yourself. If you're scared to get your credit report pulled, go to annualcreditreport.com and just pull your credit score for free. Now, it won't show you your FICO score or any score at all because it doesn't know what you're using the credit score for, so therefore it can't show you an actual score model, but it will show you what's actually on your credit report. So for instance, if you think you have a 717 credit score and you pull your credit report and there's no derogatory events, you probably have a little bit closer to a 717 
then you know a number that's 40 to 60 points lower now if you go on annualcreditreport.com you see oh there's like a 75 dollar collection or there's a 30 dollar late uh, you probably are in that you probably need to subtract like you know 40 to 60 points from your um score you see in your bank app to get a more accurate idea of where your credit score is always give folks this example when i was going to go buy a home like seven years ago my banking app said it had an 806 credit score. I thought things were all good. When the lender pulled the score, it was only a 680 because I had a $75 collection on my credit report. I ended up paying off that $75 collection. And guess what? My Also, I had them remove it, the information from the credit report because if you pay off a collection and they don't remove it from your credit report, it does absolutely nothing for you. And then my score literally shot back up to an 806. Back to Shay. Another thing to pull off of your credit report is your monthly finance debts. So when we talk about your DTI, your lender is just looking at debts that were financed. So she had a car payment of $457, but she also has a credit card and her minimum credit card payment was $37 a month. So you may have more debt you carry on your credit card from month to month, but they're just looking at the minimum payment on your credit card. And she also has a personal loan that is 300 or excuse me 113 dollars for a total amount of 607 dollars in total finance debts now as i mentioned your debts matter literally as twice as much as your income which we'll talk about when we work on the debt to income ratio but let's get to her income she makes 97 thousand dollars as far as her base salary she also has a bonus when a lender looks at your bonus or any non-base income so we're talking bonus, we're talking commission, we're talking overtime, anything that's not part of your base salary or 40 hour work week, they want to see a two year history. Now, what if you just started getting bonuses and don't have a two year history? You're out of luck. It doesn't matter if you got a thousand dollar bonus, or excuse me, a hundred thousand dollar bonus, the lender is not going to use it without a two year history. So her bonuses were $10,000 one year and then $13,000 the next. So the lender averages those two numbers out for $11,500 as far as her yearly bonus. Now, what if she went from 13 to 10? Well, the lender does not use an average. In that scenario, they use the lower number because it's just going down. They use the worst case scenario. Now, let's say that she had a $45,000 bonus and then one year she got 10,000. The lender is not using that 10,000 or they may use that 10,000, but with such a huge drop like that, there could be a scenario where the lender's like, ah, we don't like where this bonus or whatever it is is hitting. We're not going to use it at all. So if you have a scenario like that where there's a huge drop, make sure you're talking to your lender and explaining that to your lender. And your lender is taking that scenario to an underwriter who is the actual decision maker in this process to determine if they can or can't use that non base income. So in this scenario, we have a $97,000 base salary, $11,500 bonus. We add those two up. It comes out to $108,500. And we divide by 12 to figure out she makes $9,041.67 a month as far as the lender is concerned. So that's going on the bottom of our debt to income ratio. I'm a realtor in Dallas and would love to help you reach your goals of home ownership. So click the link in the description and just schedule a call no matter where you are on your journey. 
Not in Dallas. No worries. I can help connect you with a vetted realtor in your local jurisdiction as well. And feel free to share with friends, family, and folks. Everyone gets left. The last part of the qualifying triangle is do you even got the money to purchase the home? So as I mentioned, she has about $20,000 saved up to go towards the down payment and closing costs. Now the down payment is, uh, I don't know, it's pretty easy to figure out. It depends on what loan program you're using. So let's say you're using VA loan or a USDA loan. That is a 0% down payment. If you're using the NACA program, that is a 0% down payment and also zero closing costs. If you're looking at a conventional loan, that is 3% is the minimum down payment for a single family property. If you're looking at a multifamily property and you're planning to live in it, your minimum down payment, which is this is a new update, is only 5%. If you're looking at a FHA loan, your minimum down payment is 3.5%. That's for a one, two, three, or four unit property. Now, here's the part where everybody gets messed up. It is the closing cost. I always see the bogus advice online where it's like, hey, save between three and 7% for your closing costs. Horrible advice. Talk to a lender and they'll be able to tell you exactly what that number is because it's horrible advice because if you're looking to buy a $400,000 home, 3% is $12,000, 7% is $28,000. Like which number do you need to save? For instance, here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, it's about three and a half percent of the sales price is what you need as far as closing costs. So let's say she was looking at a $300,000 home, 3% of that is 9,000, and then three and a half percent of that is $10,500. So she would need about $19,500 in this scenario. So in this case, she would have enough money saved up to go towards closing costs and the down payment, assuming there's no seller concessions or anything like that. All right, now let's work on our debt to income ratio. Your debt to income ratio is your monthly finance debts plus your future mortgage payment divided by your income before taxes. So we figured out what our income is so far. It is $9,041.67 on the bottom of this ratio. We know what our monthly finance debts are. They are $607. So now we need to figure out what our future mortgage payment is. And this is where it's very important to understand the difference between what you can qualify for and what you can afford because this future mortgage payment may be a number that's a lot bigger than what you can afford because in this debt to income ratio, as far as the debts, your lender's not factoring in things like, like childcare, you know, what you do on the weekend as far as expenses, not factoring your, your gambling debts, you know, you're on underdog fantasy or something like that. They're only looking at your monthly finance debts. So even just look at two people that may have the exact same life, except for one has a kid and one doesn't. So they're not factoring, you know, daycare, they're not factoring in kids' clothes, not factoring in all this other stuff for people that have the exact same scenario, except for having a kid. Now let's solve for X to determine what we can qualify for. For a conventional loan program, your debt to income ratio can go up to 49.99%. So this is the example we're gonna use. If you're looking at FHA, it may be 43%, it may be 47%, depending on your profile. With a VA loan, technically there is no cap as far as your DTI, but most likely they're gonna want you to be at about 50%. So using the 49.99%, just basic math, you take the $9,041.67, multiply it by the 49.999. So now you know that your total debts can equal no more than $4,511.79. 
Now we subtract the debts we already know about, which is the $607 in monthly finance debts, which leaves us with a monthly, with a max qualifying amount of $3,904.79 is the most your mortgage payment can be to qualify in this scenario. But first, let me show you why it's very important to determine what you can afford before you determine what you can qualify for. Because you're just gonna go into like realtor.com or whatever app you like to use and start looking at home so you figure out to find the correct mortgage payment. But what may happen is you may start scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and then you're like, okay, I can qualify for this. I qualify for this. I qualify for this. Next thing you know, you're in like the $400,000 price range. You're looking at the nice homes. You're looking at the communities. You're looking at the amenities. You're looking at stuff that's around this home. And then although you may only be able to afford a mortgage payment of about $3,000, you're like, oh, I can qualify for it $3,900. So now you've talked yourself into a number that's probably $900 above where you should be because you saw all this nice stuff. If you start with a monthly payment, you can afford and then work backwards to find out the home price. You don't even start looking at those homes that are potentially way above what you can afford. And I have other episodes about how to determine that, but let's figure out what Shay can qualify for. Just go to like realtor.com and start scrolling through the numbers for homes that you think, hey, I may be able to qualify for this. And then just click on one of them and it'll show you the estimated monthly payment. But don't stop there because the numbers they put in there are just a little bit fugazi. They always assume you're putting down 20%, which most likely you're not. They have the interest rate, which is probably not going to be accurate. You want to put in something that's a little bit aggressive, like put in like a 7% or like 6.75% or whatever the average interest rate is in today's market. They always put a number that's a lot lower. The next thing that's important to do, you, we've already changed our down payment from like 20% to probably three or three and a half. The next thing you want to do is look at the property taxes. The property tax number is always a little bit low for whatever reason. Like here in the Dallas market, the average property taxes are like 2.4%. You want to figure out what that is in your local market, but make sure that the property tax number they're using is what the actual number is. Because if it's a lot lower number, you may be in for a rude awakening once you actually start searching for homes and your lender's like, oh no, the uh, the property tax on this $300,000 home are $6,000 a month, not $4,000 a month like you thought they would be. But you want to make sure you have the correct number in there. A good way to do this is just to look at a, so let's say you find a home that's like, 375. Look at like four or five homes that are $375,000 and then look at whatever the property taxes are for those properties for like the last five years and take a good average of those numbers in order to determine that. But so we found a home in this scenario that's at one, three, two, six. Uh, I can't read what I wrote, Avenue in Dallas. And so that putting in all those numbers comes out with a monthly payment of about $3,708. In my opinion, that's a great number to settle on because it gives you a little cushion between what you can qualify for and the actual mortgage payment because don't forget to factor in things outside of home ownership. Like now you got to potentially pay for a gardener or buy some lawn equipment. There's home maintenance. There's money you should be putting aside for larger home expenses down the line as well. So hopefully that helps you. This was actually a listener request. It was a poll based on the feedback in my Instagram story. So make sure you're following me there. House Rich Dave. But as always, by land, rumor has it, they're not making any more of it.